of a new earth my name is Janice Barcello I'm your host for this show every week here at Republic Broadcasting Network I'm very pleased to be a part of this station I ask all of you my listeners to please do support the station Um, dig into those wallets your back pockets wherever it is that you stash your cash and and please help us uh, keep the information flowing help us stay online we'd be so very grateful for your support So today I have a juicy and interesting guest back. I'm sure my listeners will be pleased to hear that Ayo Kamathi is back with me today. I think this is the third or fourth time you're here. Yes, Ayo? It it is either of the two, absolutely. (laughs) So glad to have you back. And for those who may be new, um, Ayo is, is, was a black nationalist who has come to the realization that white people are not necessarily the enemy, that actually Jews are the driving force behind all of these issues. And he's written a very important book called Jews Are the Problem, directly saying it in the title and hopefully reaching a large black audience with his knowledge and information. Ayo, welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I'm glad to be back on the program. Yeah, I'm so glad you came back. So how is the book selling going? Are you reaching a lot of black people with your information? Uh, I, 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 let me see it. We're reaching a lot of people generally. So when I say that, I don't know that I'm, uh, sales are going more to black people than other people. We're reaching a lot of different people. Okay. We're reaching the international community. We're reaching black people. We're reaching white international community. We're reaching Asian people. Uh, we're reaching a lot of different people. Good. Okay. So, I mean, my main concern is, well, that the black community be educated because, the, you know, the Jews are stirring up uh, black hatred against whites. And perhaps they've stirred up a lot of hatred on the part of the white community against blacks as well. But I am concerned about the violence, you know, racial violence that we're seeing. And so I'm hoping your information will reach the black community, especially so we can quell some of this hatred that's going on between our people. You know, we need to direct our attention toward the real problem instead of each other. I don't know if you saw this, but like you, Cynthia McKinney recently did an interview with Stu Peters, and she was talking about the importance of blacks and whites uniting. Were you able to see that interview? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah? Well, what do you think? What's your commentary about that? Well, uh, Dr. McKinney and I are very close, so uh, I'm pretty much on board with most of the things that she says most of the time. So I definitely agree with her 
we we came up with a concept called cooperative nationalism. I came up with that uh, probably last year, the year before, because what I realized when I was doing this book, in order for us to actually work together, what has to happen is a certain element of us that I think first have to be able to talk. And that would be whether you consider yourself a white nationalist or not, the the, the spirit of that racial um, self-sufficiency and identity, those stronger elements of the white race and the black race. I think that we are the ones that are going to have to be able to get along well enough to do something about this problem first, because what the Jew relies upon is any type of cooperation between the two groups has to be done on a we are the world, we love each other, integrationist type of basis. And if we're going to rely on that, we're going to lose. Because quite frankly, many of us on both sides don't like each other for good or bad reasons, whatever the reasons are. However, with cooperative nationalism, it's not about our emotions and how we feel about each other. It's about the recognition and identification of a problem that threatens both races and all races. And so we respect the fact that each other has our own identity and we're harder elements of those groups. The white folks that say a white man should be with a white woman and have white children. You have a right to that and I respect that. And I'm a black man. This is a black man. You have a black woman, a black child, black family. You respect that right. So now we can sit down at the table and say we're not coming here to integrate and come into your social circle or you come into my social circle. We're coming here to say we have a problem with the Jews. Us as African people, you as European people, the Asians, whoever wants to sit at the table, you have your own identity. We don't want your identity. We want to identify the problem and do something about it. And so we call it cooperative nationalism. And she she didn't use that term, but that's what I heard her saying. She was saying that we have to have a philosophy that allows us to bridge the gap of the difference. And then we can move forward and do something about the real problem. Yeah, so you are um, in a very similar place to where I'm at in, in terms of, yes, we need to unite to fight the common problem, and we also need to have our own places on the earth with our people, um, not integration, but segregation, because this is the normal state of affairs on the earth and the way the Creator arranged it with, with the force and push for integration this is all a satanic agenda, you know, to to demoralize basically everybody, but especially whites. Like they, the Jews really, they hate all of us. There's no question about it. But I, I do think that they view whites as their biggest threat. And that's why they want us, you know, off the earth. Hopefully the reverse will happen and they're the ones that are going to be leaving, <laughs> you know, and we'll, we'll be able to to divvy up this earth in a suitable way that pleases um, the original inhabitant, you know, God's original races. I don't even think they're an original race. I don't know if you've given any thought to that about who and what they really are. Have you? I, I, this is how I look at it. I have thought about that, but I'm more concerned about where they're going than where they came from. Uh, once we've identified them as a problem, you know, I don't think they can reduplicate themselves. I think it's a matter of figuring out, okay, here's the problem. Let's go fix it. And so uh, in, in reference to what you said about them being, you, being more against whites, what happens is, and that's why cooperative nationalism is a, a beneficial construct. 
it is easily perceived like that from white people because right now in this moment their overt targeting is white people that's like the overt targeting but we've been targeted for so long that it, it's hard for us to even put a date and time on it so from a black perspective you talk to black people we would say we're the target if you talk to white people they would say they're the target if you talk to asians who know about the, the whole sars thing and what they did with that when they were targeting asians will be Asians saying, no, we're the target. Uh, you know, the, the opium wars, you know, with the Sassoon family bringing England in, they would say, we're the target. Everybody, the Russian would say, we're the target. They're always trying to undermine Russia, which is true. The Bolshevik Revolution, they target everybody. But we don't talk because we're so, because the Jew creates so much animus between the groups and then pits the groups against each other. We're so busy trying to deal with the immediate uh, interaction that we have with one another that's hostile that we have a difficult time stepping back and see who put this into motion how did this occur uh if i can just tell this real quick when i say the opium wars it's important to understand my whole life i said and i mean i'll be honest about it all i said was look at how evil the english are they ran in there to try to open up the doors of china and trade doping them up just like they did crack cocaine in black community america Look at these white folks. I had no idea that England got dragged into that or brought into it, invited in by the Sassoon family. These are Iraqi Jews who went into China and were making money and said, you're not going to close your markets to doping your people up to us. And arrogantly told them, you're not going to shut your doors to to opium and dope. We're going to go get the English and invited them in with the economic benefit of opening up trade with China and invited Europe into the war. So yes, it was white people who did it, but England wasn't looking at going to war with China. The opium wars was a Jewish war, just like the Sacklers and the opioid war in America. Who knew that? I didn't know that, you know? know, And it's hard to know that if you're Chinese, if you're Chinese dealing with the English abuse and enslavement of your people, you're not thinking about some Jew named a Sackler I mean, a, a Jew named uh, a Sassoon, who is the one who instigated this war and destruction of your community. You just see white. So even once you fight them and put them out, you're staring at white people as your enemy. And then the Jew comes around and then comes in with communism to help you and to be your friend and sell you some weapons to fight the white people that he used to go and fight you. And now they have all of us fighting each other. While they're sitting back instigating these constant troubles amongst us. You know, I, I also think that the English were taken over by the Jews in, in like the year 1100 and something. You know, it's been, it's, Britain has been totally controlled by Jews for a very long time. So that's the thing is that they infiltrate and they look like us wherever they go. They carry the skin color of the people who they're trying to uh, to take over. Basically, they're chameleons. This is a this is a very interesting race. The, the deeper you go into it, so these British that came over to take you know take over the Chinese may very well have been Jewish anyway. You know what I'm saying? Well, obviously, all of it's orchestrated by them, and that's a key piece for people to understand. But also that that these so-called white people 
that did this to China may very well have been all Jews anyway. <laughs> so let's take a, a, a deep dive into who these people really are. You did a recent talk in in front of what looked to me like a bank. Really, where were you when you did this speech out on the street? Yeah, we were in front of the ADL headquarters. It was on the 10th floor in an office building, and there's a bank right next to it in Connecticut Avenue in Washington, D.C. So we went to the ADL headquarters. And what did you do there? We It was on October 2nd, so it was five days before the Hamas situation. And we basically, they had attacked Dr. Cynthia McKinney, and we were very... And she had put up an interview that I was going to be having with. She just put a flyer up on Twitter. She didn't do, do anything but share the flyer where myself and David Duke were supposed to be scheduled to do a discussion. And it got like a million something views. And Twitter started shadow banning her and all of this kind of stuff. But the Jews came out with a lot of nasty hit pieces about her. And she's a good, close, personal friend of mine. And I don't take well to that stuff. So I got a few people and said, look, we're going to go out there on October 2nd. I was like 10 days after they did it. And uh, we said, let's go out there and um, be in front of the ADL headquarters and see what they want to do. And then we're going to tell people what's going on. We're going to tell people that the Jews time is running up and that, uh, you know, we just said a bunch of things out there. We spent about an hour and a half out there right in front of the headquarters with a mega with uh, with our uh, sound system microphone. And we told people who they were, the damage they were doing, the destruction of America. And basically daring them to come out there and say something about it. So did you have any interactions with members of the ADL or what happened when you were doing this? No, they didn't show their face. No, because they're cockroaches. They hide in the... That's how they are. That's right. (laughs) That's right. That was wise for them, though. They, 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 They know who to do that with and who not to. So we made our point, I think. Yeah, but... I, I did watch part of it, and um, there was a little bit of a confrontation. Do you want to share about that? Yeah, some suspected Jew. I'm pretty. He looked Jewy to me. I'm not positive, but he looked Jewy. He came by and start. I don't know, babbling something, and basically, I confronted him directly. I didn't back away from any of his accusations, and pretty much he ended up scattering off. The objective, he for whatever reason or something he heard, he wanted to challenge. And one thing I decided is since Jews are trying to destroy the First Amendment in this country and strip American citizens from it, no Jew won't come when I'm speaking and get an audience. You know, you're going to strip the First Amendment from the rest of us. Well, I'm stripping it from you then. You're not coming anywhere where I'm speaking and being disruptive. That's not going to happen. So uh, (laughs) fortunately, the good thing is that (laughs) we had already contacted the police and told them, hey, we coming to do this. And they said, no problem. Do whatever you have to do. You got a First Amendment right. So. They were informed that we were coming, and they informed so me. So they supported you. They they sided with us when I, you know, when I started telling this guy, you know, whatever I said to him, I don't remember what I said. Whatever I said, he knew what the point was, and the police sided with us and told him to go on the scatter. So yeah, it worked out yeah. well. I, I wonder if the same would have been true if you were a white man. It would have. This is the interesting thing. This is what's very interesting. And it's only, man, time is an interesting thing. Being black in this society, we've always thought that if we try to do something, they'll not let us do it. That's like from the time I was young, we always felt that. Even now, I still have to struggle with that. 
sometimes what we don't realize is, no, everybody's not thinking like that. In this dispensation of time, it's really not like that. After what happened on January 6th, their policy in D.C. is whoever wants to do the First Amendment, let's follow the rules and let it happen. For white folks who suffered and are in jail between January 6th, your perception is like black people's perception always is. We think everything is lined up against us. I'm not saying that the Jews aren't lined up against all of us. They are. But actually, if a white group decides they want to do the exact same thing, as long as they go through the proper protocol, don't be hostile with the officers and things of that nature. Right in this uh, moment, you'll be fine. In D.C. Now, I don't know about different areas, but in D.C., because they have a protocol of how they're doing things, they want to make sure everybody has their First Amendment rights. If you just walk the right line, you're not going to have a problem right right now. That's interesting. You know, because I remember watching a video you did. You were talking in front of, I don't know if it was senators. I can't remember exactly where you were calling out the Jews. And my first thought and the thought of other people I shared that with was, See, a white man would never get away with doing that right now, based on the current, you know, cultural situation. So the fact that you're black is really helpful. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what happens is it's, it's not that a white man wouldn't get away with it. This is what's happening. A black man would never get away with it. But what's happened is now that they've turned the energy on white people. They don't expect and they can't afford for a black person to do it because this is the problem. If a black person does it and they attack the black person in that moment, then it will force white people who are getting treated the same way and agree with what the black person is saying to start saying, wait a minute, are there more black people like this? And it can create a, it's something for us to talk about. That's the biggest fear that they have is that aggressive the white man that would go in there and say what I said and the black man who would go in there to these uh, legislators and say what we're saying, their biggest fear is that those two people would sit down because those two people have to have a kind of courage that's different than it is standard in the environment. And once you get those men and women with that kind of personality come together, now you got a force to deal with. They don't want that to happen. It's nuclear is what Dr. Cynthia McKinney was saying, because. Now you got the real fighters, the people who don't operate with the same frequency of fear, who walk right through the right, right into the fire and will do it with uh, wisdom, courage and directness. If you get black and white doing that. It's almost like the Civil War. We didn't come to the Civil War because we liked each other. You all wanted to maintain a republic. We wanted to get into slavery. We, we, we made the deal, set it down. You're not going to beat those two forces together. You're not going to beat aggressive black people and aggressive white people. I've looked at it historically. Right. You're not going to beat those two together. It's not going to happen. We have to go to break. I owe. I'm appreciating the interview. I'm really glad you came back. Friends, please stick around uh, for the next part of the show with Ayo Kamathi, author of Jews Are the Problem. We'll be right back. Of 
homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. With Io Kamathi. Going to touch into some uh, hot, hot button topic right now, which is the topic of violence. Black violence, white violence, what's going on in this country? And I think I'm looking at an image that you sent me, Io, from New York City Gov statistics. Is that right? I sent you some statistics, yeah. Yes, I think this is the one you sent, where the victims of of shootings are actually 73% black, and the suspect 
the suspects, 74% black, and the arrestees, 71% black. This is for shootings in New York City. Do you want to, and then for whites, according to this graph, whites were 2.3% of the victims and 2.1% of the suspects and 3% of the arrestees for shootings. So I'm assuming this is murder or Uh, maybe maybe not. If if it's just shootings, it's shootings. If it's murder, then it's murder. They have different statistics for different pieces of it. Yeah. Well, what do you have to say about this? Because it looks like the majority of the shootings are being, at least in New York City, are being caused by black people based on this graph. Sure, sure. So this is what's happening. And it's happening in history. This is kind of not part of why I did the book. For anybody that read the book, there's a whole chapter that kind of deals with it. It's very important. Jews are very effective in this kind of thing. There is clearly a problem with black violence in this country. That's not a question. But there's a problem with white violence in this country. And there's a problem with all kinds of depraved behavior in this country now because the Jews are collapsing the country. So that's that's something that is true. On a very practical basis, it's very bad in our community. I'll acknowledge that. But what happens is the Jew comes in. And they feed the information in a way that triggers white people to go out and kill black people. It's just what they do. Now, they give the impression that black people are organized out here killing white people. That's the impression they give. That's not true. It's never articulated as the right thing to do by anyone with power that's organizing to make these things happen. There's no power behind it. There's no organization behind it. There's no infrastructure behind it. You have some lawlessness that's going from the black community spilling over to the white community. And they feed that to white people. Then they create algorithms now that they have this technology. uh, And they show video after video. If you get on one of those algorithms in a white conservative community of black people attacking white folks. And they racialize it in the minds of white folks because they're trying to ignite white people in hatred and venom towards black people. This is the part. Oh, go ahead. I definitely want to speak to this because there was a video that came out recently about allegedly 15 black students beating um, a white, a white boy, a 15 year old, I think white boy to death. Okay. Now I looked at the video. I couldn't see what these 15 students were beaten on. That's number one. Number two, the, the alleged father of the murdered boy had absolutely no emotion. He was like an automaton when he spoke. There was nothing, no energy that would indicate that this man is actually the father of a boy that just died. So I'm thinking to myself, this is a totally made up story to activate whites, you know, and assure them of the danger that they're in from black violence now like you i'm not negating that there's black violence and i'm looking at these other statistics these are actually the ones you sent me but i also think what you're saying is spot on in terms of the kikes using their media 
to create these images that will instigate us against each other. I want people to go ahead. Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like what you're saying. I'm going to tell you one of the things, I'm going to tell you how I fought, because even again, all of us have got to understand something. No matter how much you study them, no matter how much you know what they do, they're very, very tricky still. The only reason I actually understand, I was hearing white people say, when I first started talking to the white nationalist community, I was hearing them say things about black violence. I had no idea what they were talking about, because I don't see any of this stuff in my algorithms. I don't see any of it. And uh, I was talking to H.T., as a matter of fact. Um, and H.T. said, you got to talk about this black violence. And I, I just basically told him, what are you talking about? It sounds ridiculous. And he sent me something. And once I watched it, I don't remember if it was TikTok or Instagram. It was on one of those things. I watched it over and over behind it. It was like, I think I watched five or six of them in a row. And it really, almost for a moment, it started to chill me. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Maybe really something is really going on. Then I said, wait a minute. And I started thinking about how the Jews operate. And it took me back to a situation that happened to me when I was driving. I think it was Kentucky or it was it was a white, very, very white state. I was driving home. I'm so sorry. Please hold the story. We're going to skip the last break. I'll okay. we, we got to go to break. We'll be right You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call 
Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Welcome back, everybody. Let's jump right back in. Io, you were in the middle of a story. Can you pick up where you left? Sure. Yeah, thanks. Sure. Uh, I learned this. I was driving to, I think it was West Virginia or Kentucky, one of them them states. Anyway, I was listening to one of the radio stations, largely white audience, white conservative. And I heard a white guy come on the radio and say, I'm sick of what they're doing, they always show black men with white women on television and all the commercials and everything we see. And he was just infuriated. And I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm hearing them. And it was like I was in the twilight zone. Cause I'm like, in my mind, the first thing I said was that's ridiculous. Everything on TV is a black woman with a white man. What is he talking about? And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Cause he was saying, they, 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 and it hit me because even the Jew gets me sometimes. When I look at everything I see, all I see is black women with white men. Do I like seeing it? I hate seeing it because I want to see my people together. And I'm going, they, they, they too. And it dawned on me, somebody who actually teaches this, I'm like, it's not they, they, they. they. It's the Jews. And I said, now why is this white guy saying this? I said, oh, in conservative white areas, the commercials they run have it reversed. They put a black man with the white woman to infuriate the white men there to create racial hostility. All of the stuff that I see, I live in a very, very black community and in, in black circles. Everything they show here, the TV shows we watch, the programs, the, the, the commercials, are white men with black women. So that angers me as a black man. So they have both of us sitting over here upset what's happening, but we're not talking to each other and realizing neither of us are doing it. Because neither of us want to see this. It's the Jew doing it on both sides. And having both of us angry with each other without ever identifying the Jew. Well, that's very interesting that they would have different commercials for different communities in order to push their agenda. That's what they do. Yeah. Well, I never thought about that. I don't watch TV anymore. (laughs) It's been, I stopped watching TV in around 1990. I just, that's probably why I'm so aware because I'm not under mind control the way most people in this country are. So the TV is poison. It's, you know, there's a meme where you've got a Jew sitting on the toilet upstairs with this vent 
coming down into a television set on the ground floor mm. and shitting. Okay, so that's what people are getting is Jewish shit. Mm. You know, the, people talk about this stuff that we listen to and they call it hip hop or this music that they call black music. I don't call it that. I call it Jew noise. And it's, it's pretty much what you just said. It's, it's, it's the garbage, recess filth coming out of the Jew mind paid through a Jew dollar to anybody who will take that dollar and put filth among people. And then that becomes a reflection of black people. And it's an embarrassment every day, every morning, every evening when I walk outside. I hear my own people using that N-word over and over again. And then I look over at white folks and expect them to understand the disrespect that is attached with that word. But my own people are using it as they're funded by Jews to put it in the music as if we believe that's what our own identity is. So it's like, like you said, we're in a, a Jewish filth trough, sloth trough of filth. And it's time we start identifying who's doing it and do something about it. So that's why I like these conversations we have. Yeah. Let's go back to the, um, to the violence issue. Cause I know there's other things that you sent me this one graph, for example, looking at all kinds of different, um, crime, murder, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, burglary, and so on. And, this graph clearly indicates that whites have committed, out of 66,800,000, whites committed 4,700,000. Blacks committed 1,800,000. And then there's Indians, Asians, Native, Native Hawaiians that commit a very, very low number at least in this country. But from this graph, it does look like whites are committing many more crimes. Again, we have to balance this out by the percentage of the population. That's what I think, because if whites are committing four times more crimes, We have to figure out, are they four times, is their population four times bigger than, I, than the black population? The, the, mathematically, it makes sense and it's reasonable what you're saying. I approach it a different way. It's predictable. All you have to figure out is what narrative the Jew is telling, because the Jew tells a narrative based upon his interests. If you want to make white people hate black people then you focus on the thing that you have that numbers show that black people are doing. And then you use that to articulate it. But let's be honest. Let me give you a perfect example of what I'm saying. So if we talk about rape, I hear constantly hear the right wing, uh, Alex Jones and these other people. Oh, blacks rape this many times more than I'm saying. Okay, here we go. Let's make it really simple. If we're really talking about rape of white women, first of all, and every white woman out there that's listen to this, you'll be able to relate to this or the vast majority. When you were molested and raped in your life, we're not talking about no figures that some Jew is putting out there. That person likely was not black. They were probably white. They were probably a friend of the family. Maybe a member of the family. Maybe an uncle or father or a cousin or, or next to a neighbor. If we are black and the woman was raped, we're not talking about doing slavery. We're talking about now. The person that raped you was probably black, probably a next door neighbor, probably a member of the family, probably somebody you went to school.
school with, probably somebody at the church. But if we're talking about interracial or interethnic, not interracial, interethnic rape, it makes no sense for white people to be saying anything about black people. It's ridiculous because Jeffrey Epstein was convicted with Ghislaine Maxwell of international organized sexual abuse and molestation of white girls. That's what they were doing. Non-Jewish white girls, as articulated by one of the victims. Uh, she talked about it very clearly. They hated well, white people. They thought that we were less than them, and they were systematically raping us, just Lane Maxwell and Jeffrey. They were Jews. But you don't hear white people saying Jews are uh, uh, a higher percentage of the rape molestation that's going on interracial than anyone. Why? Because white folks are scared to say something about some Jews. Now, that's one that you can point to, and we have facts and figures on and not just facts and figures, it's international. So it's the scope of it is bigger than just here in America. They're taking American white girls out of poorer communities and taking them international to get them raped. What are we talking about? But I bet you those people that quote those those statistics don't they won't say that. Well, they're doing it. They've been doing it in Russia, you know, taking Russian girls, taking white girls to other parts of the country, the other parts of the world, rather, including Israel. For sex trafficking. They have been enslaving all people, not just black people, because, you know, you and, I briefly, you and I briefly talked about this, that, you know, the history of America, there were Irish slaves here at the very beginning. What they did to the Irish people is horrifying. And, you know, they blame it on the British. And I'm not saying the British are completely innocent, but clearly... Who's running the show here for this kind of evil? You know, I'm right there with you. Is it white people committing the rapes, according to these numbers, or are they Jews? And that's, see, they don't, they don't, they don't list that. So they go as white in America. So we have no idea what percentage of those rapes that are occurring are Jews. What we do know is from the documentation we have that when they do it, Molestation is bad no matter how it's done. But in terms of its magnitude, it's one thing when some creepy uncle was molesting somebody that needs his head knocked off and thrown in a ditch. But it's another thing when someone has a Ponzi scheme, you go get 10 of your friends and bring those 10, and then I'll get them to bring 10 of their friends, and I'm going to molest all of them and take them around the world and do it. And have an organized system of doing it so that we can give all of the politicians in America their choice of the little girl to molest and then film it so that we can hold them hostage so that when we take over and overthrow this country, they won't be willing or capable of saying anything because we can always put out a tape of them doing it. That's a whole nother level of molestation. Children being used as pawns, as honeypots, or creeps, or people who may not even be involved in pedophilia but get introduced to it by some tricky Jew and now become traitors to the American Republic. Like, nobody's talking about that. I'm saying the same people... And, and I want people to hear this, particularly this audience. These statistics that are being given are being given by a Jew for the purpose of creating animus and hatred for white people of black people. They've done it before in the history of this country. And all they have to do is say something related to violence and sexuality. And white folks get infuriated and then start killing black people. That's the history of this country. Even if no black crime has been committed against any white person. Now, in this case, 
there is a black problem with crime, but there's a black problem with white drug use. I mean, the Jews are destroying everybody. So if you go to Oregon, if you don't think you're going to see a bunch of white people just look like zombies, you're wrong. You're going to see that. When it was when it was crack cocaine in the black community, we were the monsters. Nobody's saying that now about this opioid crisis or this fentanyl crisis. It's killing more Americans than anything else. Who's doing it? The Sackler family. Who are the Sacklers? Jews. Nobody's talking about the Jews doing the same thing in America they did in China with the opium wars. Doping them up with opium and destroying the population. We know who's doing it here, Jews. Why is nobody talking about that? Well, we are. I, I want, know you are. <laughs> I want to, uh, you know, I want to uh, just back up a little bit about the drug problem because what we all need to understand, and this is a core piece of my work, what's going on in early life, what they're doing to us through the prenatal care system and the hospital birth system. People need to know that our babies are being born on fentanyl. When you go for an epidural, they are injecting fentanyl into a a laboring mother's body. When you inject a synthetic opioid drug into a laboring mother, her body will not be producing the natural opiates of birth, right? So they'll be, what's going to happen is that baby will not experience love. The mother won't either nor the father if he's in the space where the birth is happening. They're not going to be able to produce the neurobiology of love that should be happening at birth and that bonds a family. And the baby's going to come in with a drug-induced, what's called euphoria. Euphoria is a medical term for a false sense of well-being. So these children are imprinted with a memory of synthetic drugs providing a sense of well-being because there is no love present or it's very hard to activate love during a hospital birth. It's very hard to experience birth the way the creator designed it because of the Jewish interference and the Jewish drugs. And these kids have no baseline memory for, for family love for deep love, oxytocin-driven bonding. It's gone, wiped. Let, let, me, and let me say something. It's, it's not exactly what you're saying, but it, 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 it pivots right off exactly the base that you just said. See, this is important dialogue. You know, empathy is something that we have to start learning because if we learn not sympathy, not friendship, but just basic empathy, it improves our capacity to see. I'm even talking about myself here. It was a time where I didn't even know that white folks could feel pain because those have been the people that have been enslaving my people here. So I see them as enslavers. It was once I really start seeing, I saw Europa, because I already knew what was happening. It would happen in Germany. But I have issues with Germans in history with African people, but I didn't have any issue with Russians. When I saw Europa, and I saw what these Jews did to the Russian people. My people are farmers, too. So it kind of hit me because that's why I come from a group of farmers. And I saw a lot of these Russians were farmers. And I saw how they treated them. I started to develop an empathy, meaning I put aside for the moment the black-white 
reality and said, what I see them doing to these Russians is what happened to us in slavery here. So I said, now I know the enterprise was Jewish, but when I think of the things that I know happened to us on those plantations and I'm watching Europa, it's identical. So I'm like, how Jewish were the people that were doing these specific acts of violence on the slave plantations? And what the reason I'm saying it is because if we can see that, then what happens is I, as a black person, can see when you are white and you're seeing this country that was yours at one time now being destroyed by the Jew. I can see how you feel seeing all of this thing fall down on your shoulders. As a black person, I don't feel the same way because I haven't had the same experience, but I can empathize with how you must feel to be having genocide committed against you because I've been going through it for 400 years. If a white person can empathize, you don't have to like black people, but if you can just empathize with, wow, they've been held hostage in a country where they've been fighting the same tyranny that we've been through for three years now, going on four They've been dealing with this for 400 years and everybody's been doing this to them under the guide and the leadership and 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 the whims of the Jews. Wow. How did they even survive 400 years of what we're going through now and four years that nobody can even stand to deal with? If we can empathize, then we can empathize on what we need to empathize on with the same enemy doing the same destruction of different groups the same way over and over again because we have not talked we have not organized to bring about the end to this problem called the international Jew. And I'm wondering too about empathy for the Jew, for the Jewish people. You know, I don't know your thoughts about this. I'd be interested to to learn what your thoughts are because some people say that there's good Jews, you know, and um, innocent, those poor innocent Jews who are being used and manipulated uh, by the bad Jews. What are your thoughts about that, Io? Okay, well, the God I believe in the name is Amen, and I do believe in God, and Amen will have to sort that out. Um, that's, that's, that's above my pay grade. I'm not looking for no good Jews. Uh, <laughs> Jews are the problem, and I want to deal with the Jewish problem, and if there's a good one, Amen will do whatever he does with them and give them their good reward somewhere else, but I, I don't have nothing to do with that. I don't even think there's a good definition. Every time somebody asks me that question, I say, give me the definition. Is a good Jew a Jew that is fighting his own people, which would make him a traitor, but then he's a good Jew to me, or is a good Jew the one that's more Jewy than the other ones, and is more effective at committing genocide against all of us, and we don't know that he's doing it? Which What's the good Jew? Explain to me what the good Jew is. I never get a good answer, so you help me out. What's a good Jew? Help me out. I don't have a definition, but I'm assuming that, <laughs> I am assuming it means the Jew who is fighting against the Jewish agenda. People like Benjamin Friedman, for example, or forgot the name of the guy. I'm reading a book right now who totally came out against his own uh, his own tribe. This is many years ago. There are there's been a couple that have come out strongly <laughs> against their own people. Um, and Bobby I, Fisher. Bobby Fisher gave some good. I will say this. Are there some Jews that give some good analysis about Jews? Yeah. Our brother Nathaniel does that. Um, Bobby Fisher did that. My thing is this. Well, that goes more to my point. If a Jew is saying that Jews are the problem, well, you can't argue with me. Uh, don't, don't say it with me. The Jew. The Jew is acknowledging that Jews are the problem. That's all. That's the only way I look at that. And I say, well, he understands what has to be done because he himself can articulate it. 
What do you think needs to be done, Io? Well, whenever you have a problem, you got to fix it. If the international Jew has declared war against the people of this planet, and he has, right now we're actually living in an international, multidimensional genocide uh, uh, war that's being leveled. We see what's happening to the Palestinians. They're dropping physical bombs in Gaza and slaughtering and murdering children. In America, they're dropping bombs in our veins. People are dying suddenly. It's the same bomb. It's just a different way to kill you. Same result, people dying, more of a long-term death. So it's a long-term death there in Gaza they've been facing. It's a long-term death for the people who last longer than the others here that took their stuff in their veins. Some of the people have already expired now. It's a mass genocide. Uh, you see the, the 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 Hawaii where they hit them with those uh, energy weapons, and all yep. of a sudden stuff is hitting. You see uh, Acapulco, New Mexico, the same thing's happening. You see there's 44,000 Jews in Mexico, which is 0.05%, not 5%, not 0.5%, 0.05% of the population. One out of 10,000 people is a Jew, and now they got a Jewish woman talking about she's going to be the president of Mexico. They're taking over the whole world. They're opening the borders, preparing the U.S. for slaughter. They're killing people through bioweapon injections. They're destroying the food. They're murdering Palestinians, and now they're moving from Palestine to Syria to Jordan. They're committing genocide against people all over the planet at the same time. Yeah, they're terrorizing people with the weather. In Mecca, in Saudi Arabia, they had massive floods and then massive freezing. That's right. Camels out there, like totally getting washed away, and then camels dealing with huge parts of the hail, these huge pieces of hail, okay, on icy on icy ground in the middle of a flipping desert. This is what they're <laughs> doing. We have a caller. Just let's take a chance. you got to be real quick because we're almost out of time. What would you like to say? Yeah, hello, folks. You know, those scumbags don't care who they kill. They, they addicted the Chinese with opium, right? They addicted the blacks in Harlem in what, in the 30s and 40s with heroin. They addicted the black communities with crack. They addicted the white communities with cocaine and fentanyl. See, so they don't care who they murdered. They're just mass killers, correct? Correct. I agree. <laughs> they are a murderous a murderous group indeed. Yeah. But they're Okay. Thank, thank you, you now. Thank you. They're coming at us, as you were saying, Io, from so many different angles. But so, what, what is so your solution? Yep. The solution is to fix the problem. If we have a group that has systematically said uh, the world is, this planet is not big enough for the both of us, us being Jews and their proxies, and then the rest of us is everybody. Doesn't matter what your race is. If you're not a Jew or their proxy, you're not going to work for the Jews to destroy the planet. The world's not big enough for the two of us. I think that we should accept their declaration of war. I don't think we have an option anyway. And accept their terms. The world's not big enough for the both of us. I agree. So the rest of us, I'm not going nowhere. I don't know about you, man, but I, I think you're probably going to stay. So let's make this happen. <laughs> let's accept the terms and let's organize it. And let's see who wins. I'm with it. You know, I, I have a, I mean, I have a similar end point in terms of coming to the conclusion that we are no longer willing to coexist with them, that we're no longer willing to coexist with evil, and we want evil eliminated from our earth so that we can experience this realm, 
in the way the creator designed it, without these intruder entities disrupting our reality and turning it into a living hell. So I don't, you know, I think you're you're saying that we need violence, and a lot of the men on the white nationalist side agree that we need violence. Coming from a feminine perspective, I think we need a united mind and intention to rid this earth of these vermin. And I don't know if violence is necessary. It might be, and I'm okay with it. I don't mind if any of them get killed, to tell you the truth. Okay, I'm, I'm down with it. However, I do think they have technology like to beam me up Scotty type of technology. I'm quite certain of it. They can run these beams and totally, you know, incinerate entire areas like Lahaina. Well, let's use the beams to beam them the, f- the fuck off the planet. I, I only have one issue with that, and I, I appreciate that, but... I don't want to send them somewhere and they come back. They put them out of they put them out of Russia when they tried to overthrow in 1905. Uh, they paid for that once they got to Germany and sold Germany out and got the U.S. involved. Then the Bolsheviks came out in 1917. The Russians paid for that move. I don't know if putting them out works. I don't think well, it works. That's why they got to go off the earth. You can't just expel them from a country or a, you know an area. They have to be expelled from the earth. What if they meet some fancy alien somewhere with a nice weapon and come back and they come back with an even bigger weapon from another planet? Uh, How about we, we add to it that they have to be quarantined for the rest uh, of uh, in the uh, furthest corner of the furthest universe? So that uh, I still don't, I'm not comfortable. They might, they might find Thanos and snap their finger and pop back up here. Even where I, uh, <laughs> I like where you're going, but uh, I'm a little <laughs> more comfortable if you just accept that declaration. Not big enough for the two of us. I agree with them. And well, right. let's just work it out, you know. We're out of time. How can people <laughs> find you? They can find me at JewsAreTheProblem.com. Uh, they can find me on Gab at JewsAreTheProblem. All right. Good to have you back, brother. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, everybody, for listening and chance for calling in. Thanks, Frank, my producer. God bless Thank you. See you next week. All right. Bye-bye. secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. 
Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. (laughs) 